0: Yo, my name is Richie Marufo of the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series, aka BWAMS, and you're listening to the El Paso Creatives Podcast Show. Without further ado, here's the show. Hi guys, my name's Chris Smith. I'm coming to you from the El Paso Creative Podcast Show. Looking forward to having a chat with Isaac today. Great to yeah. be here with
1: you. Awesome, man. Nice to meet you, man. And it's really cool, how I mean, I see this with every guest that I kind of had from like different cities, different countries um and stuff is that you're in South Africa and I'm over here in El Paso and we're able to connect just chat a little bit here on the show about just art storytelling you know writing everything all that sort of categories and so it's a pleasure man and it's a really honor to have you here on the show and just talk about a little bit about what you do and all that stuff so just to give myself a quick introduction um hey everybody my name is Isaac Hernandez I'm your host for the El Paso Critics Podcast Show and let's just just hit it off right off the bat so Chris for anybody who doesn't really know who you are or what you do just give us a quick two, three minutes of who it is
0: that, who you are and what is it that you do? <laughs> um, I think that's most people at the moment. So yeah, fantastic opportunity to just spread the word a bit and to chat with you guys this morning. Uh, well, morning for me, evening for you guys. Yeah. So I'm Chris Smith. I'm an author um, of Western novels. Uh, I live in South Africa down in KwaZulu-Natal. And yeah, always been a, a big reader of Louis Moore books and that was just my, my motivation to get writing. Started out for fun one day with a 20,000-word story. Well, short story and okay, grew to 20,000 words. And I was just encouraged by my brother to carry on writing because he wanted to know what happened next.
1: And, and, and I see your background you have right here on, on the screen and everything. And it's um, it's about a it's a series, right? It's a book you're writing. That's and right. It's, you know, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about that. What is all, all about the series that you're writing and everything?
0: So um, I started out with the story about a rancher, just, well, not even a rancher, a guy who's gold mining, he's down on his luck of it and he gets drawn into a range war. And wrote the second book after that and I added in these characters, this guy, Steve Savage, who's a bounty hunter. And he's teamed up with a martial artist and a British guy who's an inventor. So the way I like to think of it is Avengers in the Wild West. Huge Marvel and DC fans have always liked team ups, and everybody brings a little bit of something different. And because people enjoy those characters so much, and because I enjoyed them so much, I actually started a spin off series called Steve Savage Bounty Hunter, where he and his team are going out, and um, every book they're tracking down somebody different. So it starts out with Steve by himself, and he's just a normal farmer has to learn skills because of a particular event that happens. And then he sets out on the road after some bad guys meets up with Chen Li, this martial artist who's basically just a badass and um, goes out and takes guys on single-handed. And then later on, they meet up with um, Xavier Colbright. So, and then the nice thing is that all those characters can then feature in other people's books. Um, I've recently started the Mountain Man series as well and it's a guy called Jim Taylor, Mountain Man. And Steve Savage, I've made him Steve Savage's cousin. So they, he gets introduced when he and Steve have to work together. So yeah, it's been a, been a lot of fun. And um, I love the way Louis L'Amour always interacted in his books. So the, the Sackets were, for me, still some of the best characters ever. And I try to bring that sort of appeal to readers. So it's traditional Western, but with a little bit of my own touch
1: and that's awesome and i like how you referenced it to like the marvel dc i mean everybody likes it. it's a story where people want to follow a hero and so that that's very you know inspiring to, to just go in and check it out and everything and so my first question would kind of be as as a, as a little as a child and everything did you ever see yourself you know getting into the industry of writing and becoming an author or things like that or was it something that like completely different that you wanted to pursue as a child
0: no um, actually never i always had writing a book on the bucket list when i was in in high school but uh, truth be told, I wanted to be a professional rugby player. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> too small and too slow for that, unfortunately. Yeah, So I uh, went into accounting, actually um, got my honours in accounting here, yeah, uh, at a university in Durban, and um, yeah, writing was only started in 2014. It actually just sort of happened by chance, um, had a bit of spare time at work the one day, and Always had it. I loved history and English um, at school, so I always had it on the bucket list to write a book. And just got started then, and it took took I think what two and a half years. So I finished midway in twenty seventeen. Yeah, and then yeah, when I started the journey of trying to get it published, which was a lot harder than writing the book.
1: And that's like that's exactly what I kind of want to touch on because there's a lot of people who are, are trying to come up and be writers, trying to get their 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 writings published, um, and everything like that. How how was that whole situation for you? Like, how was your first publication? You know how how did you go about the whole no. process from
0: like writing something to like you
1: know getting it out there and published and stuff like that?
0: Absolute me. <laughs> I'd say yeah. Jeep um, is it probably took me a year to find somebody. Um, because I, I had no idea what was involved. I thought, okay, cool, I've, I've written this book now somebody's going to put it out there. I'm going to make millions from it, and somebody's going to make a movie because I think it's that good. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very, very naive. So it was a was a big learning curve for me. I mean I didn't even know what a literary agent is. I didn't know how to approach publishers, all that sort of thing. And I uh, happened on a website by chance that had lists of literary agents. So I just started emailing people left, right and center. And if you count no replies as rejections, um, then I probably had over 120 rejections before mm-hmm. I decided to self-publish. Um, yeah, and it was, it was quite soul destroying because you, you think your book's fantastic and then people start criticizing it. And But it's a learning curve. You can't take it personally. Everybody's got a different taste. And there were flaws in the book that I had to work on and correct. So um, it was hard at the time, but I think it was actually a good thing for me. Mm. So, anyway, I, I decided to self publish after that. And then um, I got a five star review from this guy, Cole Wren, who's based in Texas. Um, and just looked and I had a chat with him. And he said, no, try this, this publishing company. And tried
1: them and got a contract which was great Mm -hmm. and 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 i find that really interesting because a lot of people they they come into things expecting you know the best right off the bat right you see it in like musicians you see it in like even in comedy where you know you jump into something and you're expecting like the crowd to automatically applaud and i like how you mentioned that you know you got a lot of rejection before you got that one connection to to that one individual who helped you out really a lot so kind of kind of i kind of just wanted you to speak on that on like kind of you know, how you dealt with those, those first, um, I guess, no's and those first um, people, you know, just with those failures first and how did you overcome those? Cause I feel like a lot of writers when they, when they don't see that happening for them after the two or three, they end up, they end up saying like, maybe it's not for me, you know, maybe it's something that I don't, that I shouldn't be doing. How did you overcome with that? And how was it for you when you first got that, that first official? Yes. That really kind of changed the opportunity or the field that you, you were, you're going to.
0: Brilliant question. Um, it's To be honest, it's soul-destroying because your, your books are your, your babies. It's something personal and nobody likes criticism. But you actually have to look past and see, okay, why am I being criticized? Um, is it because this person has no interest in the genre that I'm writing? Are they actually flaws? So the one thing that um, I was told was I took too long. My intro was too long because I was describing the character and setting the scene and all that, and they are saying jump straight into the action. So in my books from now on, um, I actually took that, that advice on board. So my books always start with the bang now. Um, True, they're a bit shorter. That one was, I think, 108,000 words. Mm-hmm. And uh, the publisher I'm with now wants the books to be about between thirty-five and 40,000 words and basically like a TV series. So right. I'm aiming for a couple months. You've got a lot less um, canvas to work with, if you want to put it like that. Right. So you need to get action started straight away. So that's one thing I took from that. The other was um, you need to be more focused on, on who you approach. So, I just had this list of literary agents and I was just banging it out there. And some of those literary agents only deal with sci fi, some are only young adults, some are romance only. So, I was um, basically trying to sell meat to vegans, if you want to look at it like that. I wasn't approaching the right audience. Right. And I think that's quite an important lesson that, that um, listeners to podcasts podcast can take away. You have to go out if you're writing a romance. Then Google publishers who deal with romance novels. If you're writing sci-fi, Google publishers who deal with sci-fi novels. You don't, you can't just um, basically blast away with a shotgun and hope to hit things. You need to be right. more targeted. Yeah. So that was that was a big learning curve, but yeah, it was it was quite tough because you're you're waiting six weeks um, for a reply, and also you're having to tailor your your approach each time. Some publishers want whole manuscript. Some want a chapter. Some want um, uh, first three chapters. So you're sending all these different things out and waiting and waiting and waiting and they don't always get back to you. Right. Um, some do which is great, but I think they're just flooded with a uh, half volume of manuscripts. So they can't get back to everybody. So that part was quite hard. Um, but yeah, if, if, you, if you don't get a reply um, when you're doing targeted um approaches then i think it's quite important for the listeners to for for fellow authors to go go back and say okay well, why am i not getting a reply what's wrong here
1: mm-hmm. um
0: because you you're up close and personal with your book you think it's fantastic but you do need to get other people to read it before you send it out so right. friends family members
1: and i've always heard that that's, that, that that second term of like you know, it's like when you're selling merchandise, or like, you know, you you might like the hat a lot, but then your audience might not want to wear a hat, you know. So you got to see about exactly. what is it that your audience want, not mostly about what you want. And I kind of I kind of just had an interesting question that I kind of want to throw in when you mentioned the whole 30,000 to 45,000 words. I'm like, that's crazy. That's a lot of words to write. And so for me, um, my question would kind of be is have you ever had writer's block? And like, how do you deal with writer's block as an art author?
0: Yeah, so huge writers' block at stages. Um, it is real. I didn't think it was a real thing. I always so thought come up with it. <laughs> and but, artists have
1: it too, even when they're like, yeah. and stuff, you know, artists are always like, I don't know what to paint. So they go through the same stuff. So how do you deal with all that?
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, like I said, I was hugely naive mm-hmm. when I first started writing. Um also when I when I was writing this book, I was playing rugby for a local for club and doing a lot of fly fishing. So I take gaps in between. Um, while I'm on that, the the main thing as a writer is be consistent, try and write. I try and I try and write about 3000 words a day and then I take the weekends off. Um, Sometimes if inspiration hits me, then I write on the weekend. But the most important thing you can do is write daily. Um, I took big gaps in between. So like three months where I'd be like, okay, cool. Because I wasn't writing seriously. I was writing for fun and it hurts your writing because you, you forget where you were in the plot, you kind of lose the feel that you had for the characters, you lose their personality. Um, and obviously even their patterns of speech because you want your character to talk in a certain way. So I was jumping all over the place with this. So that's that's one big lesson that I, I really had to learn there was be more consistent um, and also plan your book out. Some people will write and, and here we're all different. So. There's no right and no wrong way, um, but I now plan my books out. I have an over, overall plot. So, let's say the story is Isaac and Chris go to town, um, and they end up foiling a bank robbery. So that's that's the basic plot that I'll have in my head. But now, when you're filling in the detail, chapter one is um, I, I arrive at your house, and then. We have breakfast. Your your mom makes breakfast for us. So there's general chit chat. That's I look at it as a tree trunk, um, and then you're filling in the branches and the leaves. The tree trunk is just what is my story. It's you and I are going to foil the bank robbery. How do we get to that stage? Right. And those are the branches and the leaves. Um, so we need a reason for going to the for going to town. Um, so you needed to get new rooms for your car and. I needed to go and buy meds from the pharmacy. So you were going to give me a lift. Um, and it's all different things like that. Now, if you give somebody else that same scenario, they'll say they went to grocery shopping, they went to buy a new skateboard. Everybody, if, if you gave 100 different people that, that, that cuts about you and I are going to town and we end up foiling bank robbery, that everybody would come up with a different story. Um, so in order to stay strong with that story, I break it down, then break it down per chapter what I'm going to be writing um and I find for me that that helps me to stick to my structure and also to to get out a certain amount of words per day whereas you find other people just write and write and write freehand they don't even know what's happening with the story
1: right and and with every with every I guess art form in every industry in the creative field there's also a mental toll that it also takes on you and so I also really like asking this question of what mental tolls does, does writing take on you? And, and how do you deal with, you know, maybe some of the setbacks that, that you have when you're writing or even when it's a painter when you're painting or, you know, photography, things like that. Like what mental tolls does writing something have a toll on you that's like either beneficial or kind of a negative impact?
0: And how do you deal with all that? Um, it's, it might sound a bit stupid, but I often on the weekends feel guilty because I'm not writing. I feel okay, you know, this is kind of my job now. I should actually be doing it. But then you're also putting a lot of pressure on yourself to get a certain word count out per day. Um, my personal goal for this year is to write um, at least 14 stories between 35 and 40,000 words. So it's just a little bit more than a book per month. Um, I've already, this year already, I released one on the third that I finished up on about the twenty. 6th, 27th of December, so that released on the 2nd or 3rd, and then I started another book on the 28th and finished it, and that got released on, I think, the 15th or 16th, and I'm now 16,000 words into a a second book for this year, Mm -hmm. so it is quite a bit of pressure, but it's, um, I enjoy the challenge, and it's fantastic when you can churn out three or 4,000 words a day, or, I mean, I think my record was 7,000 words in a day. Um, but it does take a toll on you because you, your mind gets tired. You're constantly thinking, um, quite often when I go to bed at night, I've asked to sleep because I'm thinking, okay, I need to do this in the book. I need to do this in the book or this would be fantastic or this would be such a good plot point. And you're kind of, of hopped up um, on your success and you've got all this adrenaline. It sounds stupid, but yes, you do get pumped up for writing a book.
1: Yeah, um, no, and, I, and without it, you get to into your story, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, you do. Because um, the, the, the current story that I'm busy with is this guy who's out um, in the wilderness. He's, he's married to a Shoshone woman, and he gets separated from her by uh, a war party of, of, of youth. And now these guys are after him. He's lost his guns. All he's got is a knife, and he has to survive. So, I've never had to go out and survive in the West. I had to Google how to make traps, how to make a canteen, different survival techniques. So, you're learning the whole time. And um, I, I try to keep a high standard in my writing. I don't just want to churn out books for the sake of it, I want my readers to enjoy them. And, you know, I want to make it into the top 100 on Amazon because my books are good. That's the, the goal at the end of the day. So you, you put pressure on yourself as a writer. I think it's same as any art form, um, whether it be painting, singing, um, whatever it is, sculpting. You, know, you, you want to achieve and sometimes you feel guilty because you're not currently working on it. You have to force yourself to take a break, otherwise you burn out.
1: Right. And, and, and I must say this, like I say I was going to become a writer, right? And now I'm a new writer. You know, I want to get into the, the writing industry and I want to write my own book. How, how would you recommend anybody to really start off and going and pursuing writing their first book? And like, what things should they take to notice right off the bat that maybe, you know, you, you kind of wish you had known a little bit when you first got into it. And, you know, like let's say I was just coming into writing, like
0: what would you really recommend the first thing to kind of study on? Um, good question. So the, the first thing is have a, have a plan in mind, know what you're actually going to be writing. Because otherwise, you don't know where you're. You know, they always say have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. So if you don't tan properly, you're not going to know when your book is going to end. Um, the second point is just start writing. Just put a few um, words down on paper because you don't, you know, that's the hardest part always, to do that consistently. You need to write a bit and then you need to be writing daily. So even if it's 300 words a day, um, set yourself a target put those words down and you find it's it's like going to the gym or starting running. The fitter, I, I call it writing fitness, the right. more you do it, the easier it becomes. Um, and I can see that, I mean, I had COVID at one stage and I had that brain fog and I was battling to write 200 words. Mm-hmm. And it felt like when I first passed off writing, you know, you kind of battle to put sentences together and all that kind of thing. Um, but eventually you get back to where you want to be. And like I said, I did 4,000 words and it wasn't a hassle. Um, you know, the words just flow, especially when you're doing a fight scene. Um, so planning, planning is key there. The second is um, find yourself a good publisher. That's, that's important. Um, I had a publisher who my first publisher that I dealt with wasn't that good. I actually stopped writing. Because there there was no communication, there was no um, feedback at all. I mean, I've had I've been on Zoom now with you longer than I was ever on Zoom with them over mm-hmm. a year and a past. Yeah, it was yeah. really that bad. Wow. Um, and then COVID came along, knocked them out. They they folded, and I actually found a a new publisher. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big thing as well. Is don't tie yourself into something that you don't want to do, but from the writing perspective, it's just consistency. It's have a plan in mind, um, make a breakdown for yourself, even if it's rough in general, like our bank robbery story, and then work on it from there. Just go bit by bit and work at it daily. It's like anything else. If you're studying or if you're um, going to the gym or whatever, it takes consistency to actually get good at it. And a big, I think a big part of um, my process is that. As I finish each chapter, I get my mom, my dad, and my brother to review it. My mom's um, part of the education department here in South Africa, and she's was an English teacher. So she looks at it from a grammatic um, point of view. So where the comments must be, this, that, and other. And then my, my dad my brother actually look at the story and look for spelling mistakes and all that sort of thing. So um, they're both very good on the practical side of things. So, you said you were in this room. Now all of a sudden your scenes changed to this room. There was no transition between the two. And I find that by the time, by having them edit it, I catch a lot of different mistakes. Um, the story makes more sense. And also um, it just gives me that positive feedback and keeps me going because they're always saying, okay, that was a good chapter, or no, you need to do this, um, change this slightly. So it gives you more confidence in your your product. And like I said, having a a diverse range of people, because we come from a family of readers, um, but they all read different kinds of books. And having them all read us and give feedback, you're getting different genres in there. So obviously my mom says a little bit more romance here or there. Um, And my dad, my brother, like the action and we'll bring a bit of mystery into it, um, like a hidden bad guy working behind the scenes but it gives you, gives you a lot of feedback and having a team behind you actually inspires you more. I know writing, you're writing on your own, but it's not a job you're doing alone. You need a publisher there to encourage you or family around you to, to critique your work for you. Mm-hmm. That's an important part for me. Um, I'm social, so I like having some interaction and this gives me the best of both worlds. I can do what I love, but I still get to to do it with people, if that right. makes sense.
1: And and I think you touched on a very important topic, and that's about you know the support system that you should have around you. Um, some people, as an artist or a creative, you know, sometimes they don't have that support system that's like there for them to to go and reach out to for somebody to help them out. Did did you ever have that? Did you ever have that support system growing up? And if you didn't, how did you how did you overcome that?
0: No, I've I've always had a fantastic support system. I, uh, my brothers, actually, my twin. 20 minutes older than me. That's awesome. Yeah. So I've always had a, yeah, always had a Bolton best friend there. So it's, it's fantastic. Um, Yeah. I think like we said earlier, you know, you, you can get too wrapped up in your work and you put too much pressure on yourself. So if you have a support system, it, it keeps you grounded and it also wards off depression because I think you, you can get too wrapped up in your work. You can, get um, too wrapped up in needing instant success and I made that mistake early on. I thought my book was going to be a huge hit. Um, I mean, my goal is to make a TV series or, or film franchise for my book, so I'm trying to look at that um, because I think it would be fantastic to have Steve Savage there um, basically doing what they do in NCIS, tracking a bad guy each week and taking him down. But success is an instant and you need that support system to keep you grounded and also keep you motivated. Mm-hmm. So I've been blessed with a fantastic family and they've always been there for me.
1: And, and I know we touched a little bit before, before we started the episode on, on how the pandemic really had a major effect on you. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, was it as a, as a creative yourself or was it like in a way where maybe you didn't see yourself going one way, but the pandemic happened and you went a different way. And was it a positive, negative thing?
0: So brilliant question. Um, As I said just now, the, without the pandemic i actually wouldn't be where i am now because the the publisher i was with um, i didn't want to write anymore they they put that one book out they basically put it on amazon because all my books are exclusive to amazon but they basically done what i could have done there was no marketing there was no feedback um, when they went under, the only reason I found out that they'd gone under was because somebody tried, to, a friend tried to buy a copy of my book and they said, hey, your book's not available. So I reached out to this this publisher, and I'm not going to mention the name, but I reached out to them and said, um, you know, what's happening? This book's unavailable. I'd only written one at that stage. And they said, wrote back to me and said, you know, very formal, due to the pandemic, um, we have been forced to close our doors all rights revert to, refer to the, the writer or yeah. to the author it, on the plus side it actually forced me to go out and reconsider and think okay what do I want to do now um, because I because of their feedback I was negative I didn't want to write anymore and so I googled um, I thought before I self-published let me just try and see if there are any western author, um, publishers out there so I googled Publishers who deal with Westerns, and I came up with a list of 19. So that was a lot better than my original list of unlimited um, and also more targeted, and emailed around to to these 19 or so. um, And within two days, I'd received a reply, emailed them back, and an hour later, I was on a Zoom call with a guy called Nick Whale, who's my publicist now. And just the feedback—I mean, to actually get people saying, "Okay, we want to do this, we want to do that." So I think, um, also as a, a South African author, um, it was was a bit different because people people think you you can't write Western unless you have grown up in the US. Right. Um, so I think that's been been a bit of a, a an obstacle to what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think um, it's going well so far and the pandemic's been good. I mean, it's, it's broadened my horizons. I didn't know about Zoom, so I wouldn't be on this chat with you if I hadn't known about it. Yeah. Um, I've been on a few podcasts, so that's been quite cool. And I'm busy with book 10. If the pandemic hadn't taken place, I'd still be a financial advisor and I'd only have one book out. So I think for me personally, it's been a fantastic thing. Um, Financial advising slowed down. Um, My book writing took off. I was doing that in the mornings. I think I'd get up at four, write for two hours, and then work to about five, and then write for two hours in the evening. Um, Now with the pandemic taking place, I've actually turned to to writing full-time. And yeah, it's it's, it's weird how things work out. If the Mm -hmm. pandemic hadn't come around, I'd still be only on one book, and I wouldn't really be focusing on the writing.
1: It is, and it, and it seems like like towards the end of this whole pandemic, and I, I mean, I don't know if like COVID is still going on and everything, but like you know, the pandemic part is like kind of already done. It, but it seems like you know a bigger bliss came out of the pandemic from, from your end.
0: Uh, definitely. Um, for me, it's you know it's, it's been rough uh, with isolation and big change of life and wearing masks and things, but. Um, there have been so many positives as well. The, and I think just in general, it's changed how the world does business. I mean, for example, I, I mentioned a bit earlier that I'm part of BNR before we started this yeah. uh, um, podcast. And I can now visit chapters in, I visited two chapters in Hollywood. I visited a chapter in New Zealand and I'm, I'm part of BNR as an author. So it just gives me a chance to promote my books, which I think is fantastic and to actually just deal with people in another part of the world.
1: Absolutely, and, and I kind of really wanna throw in this question and ask you this question and ask every, every person who's a, in, in business and in, in the creative field is, what does the term success mean to you? Like, what is that success for you?
0: Um, success for me would be when I get to the stage where I can actually support my family by doing what I'm doing creatively. Um, uh, yeah, I'd love to get the acknowledgement and get movies made and things like that. Would be being famous would be nice. Um, but for me, success would just be getting that two thousand dollars a month, three thousand dollars a month, where I can support my family. Um, family is the most important thing. Um, and I think that would, for me personally, that would make me a success. I'd love to have my name up the lights and have movies and be like the next. Mm-hmm. Um, Fast and Furious franchise or something like that but um, yeah, you have to stay grounded and, and stay realistic um, I'm pushing for that I'd love to see my, my movies on screen whether it be small screen or big screen but for me just being able to support the family that's goal number one and that would make me a success and two, to keep achieving my goals of at least a book a month absolutely I mean,
1: and if it wasn't writing the that- that you weren't doing, what would you be doing?
0: Um, I think I'd still probably be a financial advisor. Yeah. still be giving that account for an accountant. Um, That's what I trained in. Um, Also starting up a a little sideline business, um, selling clothing. Uh, My brother's got a fishing brand called Steve Taz, fly fishing. So he makes his own um, flies, you know, Taz them. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Starting a clothing brand based on that. So it's early days still, but something like that is uh, I think where I would be.
1: And then I've always enjoyed fishing, man. But like, you know, where I live, it's a desert city, you know, so we have no water like that. You know, it's hot most of the year, So I'm like, you know, for me to go fishing is maybe like a once in a year type of thing. But I mean, that's really awesome, man. And so so just tell us a little bit, like what's next with the, with the Steve Savage, what's next for you and you know, where where are you headed out?
0: Uh, so Steve Savage, um, I've panned it out as a, a book of, what well, a series of seven books. Um, there's also the, the Jim Taylor series that I'm carrying on with, um, which I'm also thinking, okay, I'll have seven books in that. But the, the nice thing is that you don't have to stop there. You can always carry on because as a bounty hunter, Steve Savage is always going to be getting himself in trouble. He's always going to be chasing a bad guy. Um, and... As a Ranch and Nate Todd isn't going to get that. He's going to deal with um, cars getting sick, uh, maybe disputes over property, that sort of thing. So I wanted a character where he realistically is going to get himself into trouble. Um, I've also got this special federal marshal who's just going to be going around the US um, dealing with problems from a government perspective. So there's, there's quite a bit of writing still, still to be done. And like I said, I want a book per month, um, hopefully 14 or 15 for the year. But yeah, just for the foreseeable future, it's just carrying on writing, turning out the stories and just keep improving as a writer and hopefully um, build up that following and see if people enjoy it. Um, I must say that's, that's one thing I really enjoyed is getting that feedback from people when they say, hey, I really, I really enjoyed your story. Um, Cole Wren, the guy I mentioned earlier, Uh, who actually inspired me to go find a publisher and carry on writing. He said he doesn't usually... He gave me a five-star rating for my first book on Amazon. Um, He's a huge Western reader. And he said that he doesn't usually um, leave reviews, but he really enjoyed the story. And uh, it reminded him of the Westerns from the 60s and 70s, which is exactly the style that I was trying to, to emulate there. Right. So, yeah, it's just at the moment is just carry on, see what I can do, and just keep training them out.
1: And, and what would be that one piece of advice that either comes from you or somebody's given to you that anybody who's jumping into the, the industry of writing and becoming an author and things like that,
0: like what would that one piece of advice be? Um, it, it kind of breaks down to three things which we've touched on. The first is plan. The second is be consistent. And the third is keep adapting. Um, you're never going to have instant success as well. But you just, you know, it's, it's, it's rare. But you just have to keep um, on going and going and going and going and keep developing your work. And, I mean, people who play the piano, you're not going to just sit down and start playing the piano and be fantastic. Um, you have to learn how to play the piano and then start writing your own music. So it is a process, it's a journey, and you just have to have the the mental strength to keep going and to keep believing in yourself. I think right. that's quite key. Even when people, even when you get 120 rejections, you mm-hmm. just have to keep going and keep trying.
1: Right, because it, it only takes one. It only takes one opportunity for somebody to say yes or give you a shot that can change everything for you. So I always tell exactly.
0: Them, don't quit. Exactly. Um, if Paul if hadn't left that um, review for me and I hadn't been able to find him on Facebook, I wouldn't have found that first publisher. True, it didn't lead to anything fantastic um but it was still amazing for me as a guy from south africa to get signed up by a publishing company in the usa and then yeah that's that kind of tanked a bit and then find another one so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more than happy with ds publishing they've been fantastic to me and just to um be contracted is fantastic
1: and and just throwing that last question that we kind of mentioned in the beginning is, what do you wish you you would have known when you first got started?
0: Yeah, sure. um, that's that marketing a book is a lot more difficult than actually writing the book. So that's something I'm, I'm constantly doing. Um, also, a little bit more advice on how to write a book. Would it be nice? How to structure it? Um ways to actually write and to set the scene so every everybody is different some people like a lot of detail in their books other people don't so that's something else um, that that kind of got to me a bit and at the end of the day um somebody said to me just write the story the way you want to read it Mm -hmm. so that's that's how I'm doing it at the moment Um, put in a little bit of detail but not so much that it, it drowns people and I guess just the, the process of where to find a publisher would have, been, would have been good to know.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and Chris, just for anybody who, who's listening and everybody who, who's enjoying the show, just where can, where can they reach out to you? Where can they find you? Where can they, they check out Steve Savage? Things like that.
0: Okay, so all, all of my books are on Amazon. Um, it's, you just have to look for Steve Savage, Bounty Hunter, um, Blood on the Range, Caught in the Crossfire, and jim taylor mountain man um so those are the that's the easiest way i've got on my books they have also written a fantasy called damon Queller at the beginning which is about a, all sorts of demons around the world he's part of this this ancient organization and um he becomes immortal so it's going to be written through the ages uh, and then if people want to reach out to me, I'm on LinkedIn. You just look for Chris Smith, author of Blood on the Range. And you can find me on Facebook as well. I've got a page for Chris Smith author or it's CB Smith on Facebook. There are a couple of million Chris Smiths and Christopher Smiths. So
1: <laughs> yeah. No, and I've always thought it was, and I like how you mentioned LinkedIn. A lot of people never mentioned LinkedIn, but I think that's the most important place for like writers to be at and authors and just anybody who's reaching out to other people, like publishers as well. So. I like how you mentioned
0: yeah. that. Oh, LinkedIn's brilliant. Um, I'm also on Instagram and and Twitter under uh, um, Chris Skacks. So people can find me there as well. I'm just trying to reach out to people. And what I've been trying to do lately is reach out to readers and see what they think of my books and how I can improve them.
1: Because mm-hmm. at the
0: end of the day, with without readers or listeners or buyers for your paintings as creatives, we, we wouldn't have a job.
1: Yeah, and I think well, I, I just got an idea, and I don't know if, if you've done this before, like, but have you ever done like like book readings, like even virtually where you like, you you know, you maybe tweet out, hey, we're having a book reading this Thursday or whatever, and then, you know, you get together with a bunch of different authors, writers, and you just read a book or something and talk about it.
0: No, I actually never considered that. That's
1: a brilliant idea. Yeah, so just I was thinking out. about that
0: right now, and I was like, I think that would
1: be really cool to just, in order for you to connect with other authors and writers, is just, you know, have weekly book discussions, you know, get together and just... Talk about book oh. that anybody's wanting to read or talk about.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. I'm going to have to definitely try something like that. Yeah. I've got a up the last year and a bit, um, I've actually been getting contact with a lot of authors. So I think that's something we need to look at setting up. Maybe yeah. do it as a once a week kind of thing or once a month and just get everybody to read an extract.
1: It would be nice. And then yeah, because everybody's always
0: looking to connect somebody and everything too.
1: But I'm not gonna to take too much time of your day, Chris. Um, I'm gonna call it a night. I know you're about to get started today. It's it's really crazy. But um, is there anything else that you wanted to say, kind of, before I let you go and things like that?
0: No, I just wanted to say thank you so much for for having me on, being awesome chatting with you, and thanks for making time for me. I really really appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in, and if you haven't already, make sure you're following El Paso Creatives on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media.